Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. All one word. Assalamu alaikum, my brother. So I'm watching Nuance Bro, guy on YouTube, Breakdown Afghanistan. He's got some interesting facts. He's, you know, busting out, like, old videos from PBS and whatnot. And uh, just, like, how, how crazily backwards Afghanistan was. Like, we were going to go in there and turn them into a democracy. I mean, it's ridiculous. So there's a, a video of a PBS NewsHour reporter, I guess. They went into Afghanistan in 2011. So this is 10 years after America... It started going over there to get Bin Laden, blah, blah. And the reporter had a bunch of pictures, had a translator, and they had a bunch of pictures of like 9-11, like the buildings being hit by airplanes and collapsing. And they like went through an entire town and no one knew what, what they were talking about. They're like, what? what? Never seen that. Never seen that. Never heard of that. I mean, these are like, you know, goat herders, basically. And... You know, maybe the Taliban and the American army would be fighting around there. They had no idea what was going on. They never heard of any of it. You know, 10 years. 10 years of fighting around them, they never heard it. And he's got a quote from uh, some army guy who's complaining about um, literacy. Like, the biggest problem they were saying was, so 10 years in, like, they've been trying to train, or not train, they were trying to teach kids to read in Afghanistan, and so, you know, after a decade of doing that, the kids still didn't know how to read. So, you know, you go get a young man uh, to join the, Pac or the Afghanistan army. He didn't know how to read. Like, you know, didn't even, you know, third grade level? No, not at all. Didn't know how to read one bit. So anyways, I'll just read something here. But perhaps the biggest hardship was having to teach virtually every recruit how to read. Some guy estimated that only 2-5% to of Afghan recruits could read at a third grade level, despite efforts by the United States to enroll millions of Afghan children in school over the previous decade. The literacy was just insurmountable, he said in an Army oral history interview. Some Afghans also had to learn their colors, or had, or had to be taught how to count. I mean, you'd ask an Afghan soldier how many brothers and sisters they had, and they couldn't tell you it was four. They could tell you their names, but they couldn't go one, two, three, four. They're interviewing like some army soldier who's supposed to control thirty Afghan soldiers, and he's like, "It doesn't matter what I tell them. Every you know, they're always hiding, and they go find them, and they're all smoking hashish. If you gave these guys drug tests, they'd all get kicked out of the army." Yeah, and there's this famous video of. <laughs> the U.S. Army trying to teach the Afghan Army to do jumping jacks, and, like, they cannot do them. Like, so, you know, they should all be doing them at the same time, so they, they definitely can't do that. But, like, most of them can't even do a jumping jack. It's just, it's incomprehensible to them that there's a thing called a jumping jack, and you move your feet and your arms together at the same time, and... You do it, and then you repeat. You go one way, you go the other way, back, forth. Look it up. Look up Afghan Army Jumping Jack sometime. But, I mean, you know, I'm going to exaggerate. I'm going to be harsh here. But it's like, you know, if a time machine existed, and you went back to, uh, you know, if you went 20,000 years into the past, and 
went to whatever part of the world had humans living there, and you grabbed them, and you tried to make them U.S. Army soldiers, uh, it wouldn't work. And the Afghans, they're a little less primitive than those guys, but as far as, they're, basically, they're almost no closer to being, you know, good U.S. Army soldiers than a caveman. Well, it makes you wonder, like, all these videos, there's not a single woman in them, um... The women must be like, like, what if you had a cave, you had a caveman society, and then the women couldn't leave like the teepee or something? It's like how freaking retarded and backwards would they end up? I mean, it's not their fault, not their fault, but boy, you'd end up backwards. Oh right, and then while we're trying to teach cavemen uh, how to be good U.S. Army soldiers. We're also, we're also teaching, trying to teach cavemen, like, you know, women's rights and gay rights. It's like, hey guys, do some jumping jacks, and then we're going to tell you how it's okay to be gay. And then we're all going to be one happy army. And naturally, those guys are like, F you, uh, Allah is against that, I'm leaving. I'm leaving or I'm attacking you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revolt or I'm going to desert. That's your options. Quit talking about gay marriage so much. Here's a quote. Focusing on gender made things more unstable because it caused revolts. Trying to jump a society in 10 years what took us 100 years. Gender had to be part of so many projects, often it was the main focus. And this is amusing. Like, the Afghan... Afghan. The Taliban has some sort of spokesperson. You'll see him on the news sometimes. And he's like, oh yeah, we're going to treat women good, but... It's hard, because the people of Afghanistan don't like it. Like, at this point, the Taliban may be less, mis whatever, misogynistic than the Afghan population. I'm sure they'd all throw a gay person off a roof. Well, actually, that makes me think of a story I heard. I forget. Oh, it was ISIS. So ISIS, remember them, they were in Iraq and Syria, and they were taking over the world until eventually they were put down, but they were like, you know, Islamic State, uh, they were really hardcore, and uh, they actually had gay people in their um, army. For whatever reason, um, the gay Muslims who believed in the stuff that ISIS believed in, um, those were the, the ones who knew how to use computers really good. So, like, you know, ISIS had a, I mean, they, you know, for a while there, they had, like, a ton of Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, blah, blah, before they got kicked off, and they did a lot of recruiting. You might remember thousands of um, Muslims from Europe moved there. Uh, a lot of them are women. Like, a lot of women moved to frickin' Syria and Iraq, you know, married the, I guess, the ISIS fighter that was assigned to them, uh, you know, had a bunch of puppies, then when ISIS was put down, the dads were killed, the moms and the kids were put into, uh, whatever, refugee camps. And they're like, uh, hey Britain, we're, we're ready to come home, I'm ready to come home, I got three kids, I'm ready to come home. And Britain's like, uh, I don't think we want you coming here. And there's a bunch of legal battles, and I think, I don't know, I think that some of them came home, a bunch of them are still over in refugee camps in Turkey or something. And I think in Iraq, they, uh, whatever, if you're related to ISIS at all, you're a terrorist and they kill you. I don't know if they kill the kids, but, uh, they probably do. They kill the women and the children and the men. They just killed them all. But anyways, 
back to the gay ISIS members, what they would do, like they have the, you know, these are the rare ISIS members who had like great internet connections. They were treated super good by ISIS because their job was incredibly important. And so they had two things that they wanted to do. They wanted to have sex with other men because they were gay. And they wanted to um, impregnate tons of wives because that was what made you cool. You know, if you had the most, the more kids you have, the better. And, you know, if you're a real rare, awesome person, then you might even have multiple wives with multiple, you know, and then, you know, have four kids with four wives, 16 kids. You know, you're a big dog. And because you were so valuable to the movement because of your computer skills, uh, you could also have sex with men. And if you were not valuable to the movement, then they would throw you off the building. That was a famous thing that ISIS did for a little while. They used to do some beheadings, and then they also were throwing gay men off of buildings to their death. I guess the idea that, you know, we're going to teach them how men and women are equal in 10 years when it took America 100 years, unless it took us, you know, 250 years. That's kind of a good microcosm of uh, the stupidity of going over to Afghanistan and doing what we did. I might even say that was woke. That was a woke war. So the last thing I heard was like some ISK. That's the Afghan version of IS, ISIS. Uh, they killed 13 American service members. That's a tragedy. Uh... I was talking to some friends. I was telling them about that happened, and uh, and someone, you know, someone chimed in like, "Oh, I heard they killed 170 Afghans too," and I was like, "No one gives a fuck about that." Sorry, I have to quote myself. That was what I said with the F word in there, the F bomb. And another thing I heard was that uh, you know we left behind so much armaments because we, whatever, we thought that the Afghan army would slow the Taliban down. And that's a little weird. Like we knew they were going to lose. We thought they would slow them down for a couple months. It would give us a couple months of leisurely leaving as opposed to getting the heck out of there yesterday. But in any case, I heard a stat. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that Afghanistan now has the second most um, Black Hawk helicopters, which are like the super badass uh, army helicopters. They cost, I don't know how much they cost, millions probably, Um Anyways, you know, thankfully, the number one country in the world that has the most Black Hawk helicopters is America. And now, <laughs> I mean, it's too bad about those service members. It's too bad about those 170 Afghan uh, citizens who were killed. But it's kind of amusing to think that Afghanistan is now number two in the world with the number of Black Hawks that they got. I mean, I don't think they have, you know, the Taliban can't fly them, um... Whatever. I guess they'll sell them to China or something, but they're number two. They get the silver medal. Huh. And Nuance Bro brings up a good question. Like, you've probably seen those pictures of Afghan people holding on to airplanes as the airplanes took off. Like, you know, like they're, they're holding on to the airplane as the airplane is in the process of flying. And, you know, it's off the ground. And then, you know, I guess you fall to your death. And then the question is, you know, did they want to leave Afghanistan so hard that they basically committed suicide? Or, this is what Nuance Bro's theory was, possibly, 
they didn't understand. You know, you hold on to an airplane, uh, it'll be fine. I mean, like, if you're a caveman, you ask a caveman, is it okay to hold on to an airplane as it takes off from the runway? And the caveman, you know, you probably got a 50-50 chance that he's going to say yes or no. And if he says, yeah, it's fine, well then, there you go. You're falling to your death. Another interesting thing about this whole Afghan situation was that, now remember, I'm not a Trump supporter, but anyways, the media, you know, were just, whatever, every three months they came up with a new thing to lie about to attack Trump with. And then once the election really got going, um, they would figure out things to lie about to help Biden. Like, you know, I'm not, I mean, I could give you a hundred examples. Actually, I think I, I have a list. It's like 30 examples. But just one for Biden was uh, NPR had an official policy that talking about Hunter Biden's laptop was giving in to Russian disinformation. And we now have since found out that, like, everything on that was real. That was his real laptop. Um, for some reason, he took many, many videos of himself doing cocaine with multiple prostitutes. You know, and maybe that has... Whatever, I voted for Biden. I would have still voted for Biden. In fact, I was aware that that stuff was real. But anyways, the mainstream media was was like so afraid that people wouldn't like the fact that his uh, son was a crackhead. Uh, anyways, so they suppressed it. So anyways, a lot of lying against Trump and in support of Biden. And But anyways, on Afghanistan, the media is taking Biden to task a little bit. You know, and once again, I'm opposed to the media because I think... Biden did it right. Get the hell out of there. I mean, if we lose 13 service members, I mean, I think that's after we lost 2,500 already. So, I mean, losing 13 doesn't mean go in and lose more. It means get the hell out of there even more. Well, I, mean, it's all, I don't even feel like there's a point in talking about this because we'll probably know a week from now, we'll know the answer. But so there's supposedly thousands of Afghanistan, or sorry, Americans in Afghanistan. Like, are they stranded or what? I feel like there's probably a bunch of um, people who are trying to, whatever, support women's rights or something, you know, like, you know, I don't know, doctors, nurses, uh, activists, basically. Now, I mean, you know, activists probably pushing, I believe, in equal rights for women, so maybe they're there pushing for equal rights for women. But I kind of feel like the people who are going to end up being left there behind are ones who are still trying to save Afghanistan for the better. And so, whatever. They're, they're, for I think for some of them, it's going to be their decision. They wanted to stay. They were trying to make things better, and they wanted to stay. And if you want to stay, and then you, you know, and if it's risky, then you take the risk uh, of your own volition. Although we'll see. Maybe it's a whole bunch of... Who knows what? Maybe like accountants who are helping the Afghan government steal from the American public and they all got caught in a building and they're trying to leave. They're beating down the windows, but the Taliban are all around it. I don't know. We'll see. Are they there because they want to be or because they really are stranded? I don't know. So yeah, I'm watching Jen Psaki. Some, some guy's trying to pin her down. That's the White House spokesperson. Are there zero people stranded in America? And she's like, everyone, every American who wants to leave, we're helping them leave. So the answer is, there's probably a few people who want to leave and ain't going to get out. And then 
The majority of them are people who want to stay. I guess you can hear my voice. I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who want to stay. It's like uh, Caleb Muller. She's like, I love Muslims. Muslims are great. I'm going to go to Syria and help them out. Oh, shoot. I got raped a thousand times and murdered. <laughs>